Hey everyone, this is Ashley from the Mido Podcast. This episode is a little bit about what my family has been going through. Um, it talks a little bit about grief, about the loss of a loved one, and um, there are a few tears. So I hope that you guys can listen in. you're listening to the Mito podcast. This is Ashley and I'm Megan. And today we are going to talk to you guys about a couple things that kind of been going on in our lives. One of the reasons um, that we haven't podcasted in, in, in a while. Is that the right phrase podcasted? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but that could be a new term that we just created. If it's not, it is now. <laughs> um, so in my life, um, uh, my, my sister-in-law, Jen, she was diagnosed with cancer uh, on her birthday in June. And um, things just went really, really fast, faster than we were expecting. Um, there was a lot of mix-ups with doctors, which kind of gives me flashbacks to my Mito days with Angie and and just being an advocate and fighting and fighting insurance, fighting doctors, fighting hospitals. Um, it was just, a, it was a lot. And it wasn't me, obviously it wasn't my necessarily my fight. It was my, my sisters and my sister-in-law. Um, but it was a struggle and it was, it was really hard to watch someone else go through what I went through or, or even just a glimmer of what we went through with Angie. Um, and it really broke my heart because it just, this, we just have a really broken system. Um, and it, you don't ever want to see anyone go through that. And then it just, it hurts that much more when it's your loved ones. Um, and Jen was a very, very just amazing person. Um, she was one of my closest friends and I'm really lucky that my sister met her and that they started a life together. Um, but things just went really quick and it was really hard to watch, um, this person who was always positive, always had good things to say. She was always the person to give you the best advice. (laughs) It's like, how could so much knowledge be crammed into one little tiny person? (laughs) (laughs) Cause she went, she was super tiny, um, like her normal was, I don't know, 110 pounds. If that wet, um five foot uh she was just like her and my sister just like the the perfect little couple and they had two beautiful little girl little girls (laughs) (laughs) don't tell julian that (laughs) i think he'd be okay with it um two beautiful little kids um, a boy and a girl julian and joelle and um and it was just hard to watch their family um fight this um and it was just, so we went, it, Jen went through chemo. Um, she uh, ended up in the hospital in November. Um, and um, when she got out, I mean, it, everything had been going downhill for since the moment, essentially, that she got diagnosed. We were never really given a timeline. We were never really given exactly what cancer she had because she had cancer in a few different areas um, that and every time she had a new scan, it was like, they'd find something new that they just hadn't looked for before. Like it could have been there, but they just didn't look for it. 
Um, so it was, it was difficult to say the least, but she um, ended up passing away right before Christmas. And I mean, I'm thankful it wasn't on Christmas, but it still puts that, that shadow over the holidays. And it was just a really hard, hard time to get through. Well, I only had the privilege of meeting her, I think twice, but she was such a beautiful person. She was so sweet. And like you said, she just seems very positive and just had a nice smile all the time. And yeah, just seemed like a wonderful person. Yeah, she was, um, is, and she's, you just, it's, it's different navigation. Like I lost my dad a little over six years ago. I lost Angie a little over three years ago and now losing Jen, like each of those people, it's been just a completely different experience. And, um, each of them were people who like lit up a room that had smiles that just like, you don't forget them. (laughs) Um, so it, it's been hard. It's been hard too, just to watch the kids. Um, Joelle is going to be three and Julian's going to be sick soon. And, um, seeing what what that's going to do to them how are they going to react to their mom being gone and it's one thing to like my dad was I mean he wasn't old by any means but he was older and he had a life and I can I can like put logic to that um Angie there's obviously no logic she shouldn't have ever passed away but um but I knew she was terminal and we had time to grieve that before she passed so we were set up for it but but Jen was only 45 and it is just crazy to me that no matter what disease like it's how do we not have cures (laughs) it just goes right back to that like we we can like Andrew just broke his hand he's got like rods and screws and metal and everything going through his hand to make it work again. And we've figured that out. So it's just strange. I mean, I'm not a doctor, obviously science <laughs> <laughs> background, no medical background. And my brain can only wrap around like the smallest things, but it just seems crazy that we have all of these capabilities. We've invented all of these amazing things we can't combat cancer or mito. I mean, I know mito is a little bit more complicated, but it's just nuts. I know. I think, you know, we being people that are in rare disease or, you know, which is different from cancer, but, you know, it's like we see where all these fundraising and all this money goes to so many different things. And it's like, yeah. And I'm sure there's an argument for everything, but how about saving lives and you know, yeah. Yeah, it, that's another good like thing to bring up. It's it's really hard to see that all this money get thrown away for research, for doing this, for doing that. And you're like, okay, why are people still dying? <laughs> it's hard. And it's hard just um grasping that and finding your new reality you get so comfortable and you bond with so many people throughout your life. And when someone that's integral leaves, it is really hard to come to get to a new normal because it's not a normal that you want. 
No. You're happy with your life before and you're happy with that person. Then being just taken away from you is it's a really difficult thing to wrap your head around, to grasp, to normalize. And I think like what you said, like with your father, when people are older, of course, you don't want that and you don't expect that. But like you said, they've lived their lives. But when we talked about earlier, how we've heard of so many people just at a younger age passing away, of course, children, that's, you know, of course, that's just horrible. But even 45, 46, you know, just these young ages that like you still have a whole life to live. And um, I think that's one of the things a lot of times when we we go to doctors and different things and they'll say, oh, you're not old enough to have that. Or that's not necessarily, you know, likely to get that. That's we'll start testing you when you're 50 or 55. But I'm always very much because, you know, I have a very close friend that had breast cancer, you know, when she was in her late thirties and it's like, no, this does happen. And for no reason, sometimes without a genetic background, without anything that would, you know, signal this. So, you know, we should, we should be checking these things. Don't just put it off because of age, because that, you know, because it's not, yeah. Going back to normalizing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's weird. Like who, who made the rule that that's the normal age to get checked for things? Like we should be checked for things no matter what age we are, we should, I, I wish that concierge medicine was more of a thing because then you could just get every workup possible, know exactly what's going on in your body, you know? And we just don't have a system where like, you have to wait till something's extremely wrong for things to start going right. And then sometimes it's too late. Exactly. Most of the time. Most of the time. That's yeah, that's the problem. And you know, a lot of it has to do with insurances and things. And yeah. And obviously, you know, when they look at an average of, okay, well, how many people actually get cancer at this age or have breast cancer or have colon cancer at this age? And, you know, but it's, it's so what if it's 50 people, you know, save those 50 people, screen them early, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's nuts. And then it also, um, it brings me to thinking about like, I mean, we, we talk to a lot of Mito families um, with kids that have like with siblings and like learning how to talk to Julian and Joel the correct way of explaining death. I mean, a, your kid, <laughs> yeah. your brain cannot wrap around that yet. I mean, it can, obviously you can do logic and just say like, there's life, there's death, whatever, like that's it. And, and for people who maybe have like more of a religious background, I'm not going to say it's easier, but you have something that is almost graspable, like a story like you could not, and I'm, please don't, I don't mean to offend anyone that's listening to the podcast by any means. I just mean there's a, a different way of explaining what death is and afterlife and all whatever it is that you believe in. Um, and there's still that point, you will see that person again. You'll be reunited with that person again at some point. Yeah. But explaining that to a child, like even if that's is or isn't your way of belief, they can't, there's no fact, right? There's like, they believe things as I see you, you're in front of me. I can touch you. I can feel you. I can hear you. Yeah. 
so when do I get to see mom again? Like, so I am going to see her, like feel her, touch her, listen to her. And the answer is always going to be no, that's, that's not how it will be. It'll be different, but you can't, it's so hard. Like there's such a fine line of explaining that to a little one. And I've just got my eyes open to a lot of different, like literature, like children's books that are out there to kind of help navigate um, how you want to teach your child um, what death really means. And um, like, there's one book, I don't, I don't even know what the name of it is, but um, about having a string attached to your heart. And there's always these invisible strings attaching you to the people that you love. And um, it's just, and then you have to get every single person on board. You know, it's not, it's not like something that only mama can tell Joel or Julian. It's mama and Nana and Papa and uncle and auntie. And everyone has to, it's a lot of people to have to teach to say the right thing because you don't want to tell a kid, um, oh yeah, mom went to sleep and she just never woke up. Cause then the kid's going to be terrified to go to sleep. Yeah. And luckily we haven't, or at least not that I know of had to, um, combat that, but it's very easy to say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Um, it's already easy to say the wrong thing when someone passes away. Like you just, there's no, you will never ever be able to say the right thing. Like, and the person that is grieving, unfortunately you have to understand people will put their foot in their mouths and you just have to give them a grace. Like they just won't be able to say the right thing. Um, I, I mean, I've, I've been through a lot of loss in my life and I don't know what the right thing is to say. I feel like an idiot. I, I always want to reach out to someone or say something. And I'm like, God, I don't, I've got nothing. I don't want to not reach out. I don't want you to think I'm not thinking of you, but my just heart, my heart just hurts for you. Um, so it's just, it's a hard thing to navigate. Um, death and grief and losing Jen was just a whole new, um, challenge that I was not prepared for. I'm still not prepared for. Yeah. And I totally took over this whole podcast. (laughs) I'm sorry. That is just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, we had, we were going to split, I think we'll just split this podcast into two then. <laughs> um, because I totally took over, but, um, it's just been a difficult, it hasn't even been a full month and it's just been really hard. And it's been hard to see my sister struggle and like knowing like when I lost Angie, there's just times where you're going to be Okay. And I don't, I don't mean that lightly. You're not okay. (laughs) There's never a point that you're okay. But there's times where you seem and you feel and you think, okay, I got this. I'm okay. And then one minute, it could be the left field. Nothing happened. Nothing. You look at a cup. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it just slaps you in the face. And all of a sudden you're just overcome with this uncontrollable grief and you cannot stop the tears and the only thing that for me I just I don't try I don't try to stop them I just cry and I cry and if I just can't handle the day 
I go into Angie's room because it's still Angie's room. It's still set up. Um, and I just sit in there until I can't like not anymore <laughs> until the tears dry up or I need to drink some water because I'm super dehydrated. Um, but it is, it comes in waves and there's going to be days that suck and days that you can breathe. Okay. Um, and it's okay to smile. It feels like guilty to smile, but it's okay too. Uh, it doesn't make you happy without them, but you have to be able to find a way to get through this life, the rest of this life without them. It sucks. Yeah, I'm, I can't imagine because I haven't necessarily been through the same thing with either Angie or Jen, but. Um, no, but you do know what it's like to lose someone. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's definitely, you'll be doing just fine and going forward. And like you said, looking at a cup, <laughs> I think, because when I think about this, I think about my brother that I lost and just hearing a song or even, you know, seeing a ridiculous part in a movie or just little things. And you're just like, you're gone. It's just, you know, it just brings it back full force. And yeah, I'm not, I myself, you can ask my husband, I'm not a big crier, <laughs> but there's, like you said, there's just times where you just, you have to let it go. You just, it's just, you just have to let it happen. And sometimes the opposite happens. Like a song will come on and you just get a smile on your face because you're like, oh, it makes you feel like they're there with you or at least you want it to feel like that. Um, but yeah, so that was the end of 2022. It was um traumatic. It was without a better way of saying it really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and my family lost a, just an amazing person, an amazing supporter. And she was actually one of the very few people that Angie would let hold her. Sorry. No, we have a um picture of our family. And slowly everyone is just dying off. It is just hard to see all those people not with you. And all the pictures I have of Jen holding Angie, it just um, it gets you different. <laughs> like a friend of my sister's made this um, picture, and it's so beautiful, but it's so funny because Jen's wearing this taco shirt. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally a shirt with just tacos all over it. <laughs> and she's holding Angie and her friend um, changed the background to where it's just all clouds. And Jen has these beautiful angel wings and she's holding Angie. And Angie's got these like cute little baby, almost fluorescent angel wings with her. And it's just, it's heartbreaking and touching at the same time. I'm just thinking of the two of them 
hanging out. <laughs> but so yeah, so 2022, we had to take a break for a minute. <laughs> but, but thank you guys for listening. And we will talk to you guys soon. <laughs>